1: The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock
2: and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10-4. We'll
1: make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
3: Jimmy Johnson is going to victory lane.
4: Certainly need more speed, but we're, uh, we're, we're developing our product each every week. So you know, last year, the spring race in Texas was really good to us. And um, we obviously have high hopes going back there as well.
3: Here comes Denny Hamlin.
4: Uh, it's such a fast racetrack. We had a very good run there uh, in the
1: in the playoff race last year. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our string from the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina. Here is your host, Mike Bagley.
5: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew. With you after a fantastic holiday weekend. And it gets even better because we've got cars back on the track this weekend. And soon, we're going to have motorcycles riding across America. Kyle Petty is going to join us today. He's going to give us details on the 24th annual Kyle Petty Charity Ride Across America. You know, Clinton Boyer won a couple of weeks ago there at Martinsville. Well, his crew chief, Mike Bugaravich, is going to stop by and talk to us about the win at Martinsville, preview a little racing at Texas this weekend, and the strides the team has made here in 2018. Also coming up, MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistone will join us, and we'll talk about the team power rankings that are now up at MRN.com and some early season takeaways. We're also going to remember Alan Kowicki. He passed away 25 years ago this week. We'll take a trip down memory lane and revisit Allen, his passing, and what he left on this sport. Also, Jimmy Johnson, Denny Hamlin, and others will give us their take on this weekend's O'Reilly Auto Parts 500 at Texas, plus... We're going to look back on this week in NASCAR history and a whole lot more. To get the party started, let's check in on the news front with our Kyle Ricky. Kyle, what do you have? Mike, after a week off, the Monster Energy
3: NASCAR Cup Series returns to the track this weekend at the Texas Motor Speedway in Denton, Texas, a 1.5-mile speedway that was repaved and reshaped a year ago, and JTG Doherty racing driver A.J. Allmendinger believes that as the asphalt settles, It could make it a bit challenging for the pit crews in setting up the race cars.
6: Texas with the repave is so different now. Uh, I think we're still learning the racetrack and and these repaves. You know, Over the first couple of races, they change a lot just because uh, getting getting cars running on it, it going through a winter.
3: The NASCAR Xfinity Series is also back on track this weekend after a two-week break and will race their 300-mile race on Saturday, while the Cup cars will run 500 miles on Sunday afternoon. And the 2019 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series schedule was released this afternoon with no changes from this year. The 36 race schedule will again open with the Daytona 500 on February 17th and conclude in Miami on November 17th. See the full 2019 schedule now at MRN.com. Mike?
5: Thanks, Kyle. Coming up next, we'll pay tribute to the 1992 Cup Series champion Alan Kowicki and Pete Pistoni. will join us later on. Grunt Style,
7: the American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this will defend. Get yours at GruntStyle.com.
5: Our tribute to Alan Kulwicki is coming up next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. You know, this past Sunday marked the 25th anniversary of the fatal crash that claimed the life of our 1992 Cup Series champion, one Alan Kulwicki. This week, we remember Alan and what he meant to the sport.
6: Bill Elliott has done everything he possibly could do to win the Winston Cup Championship, but he will come up a little short. He will win the race as he swings across the line to take the checkered flag. Here comes Alan Kulwicki out of turn number four, the new Winston Cup champion. He's going to do that Polish
9: victory lap here. Alan Kulwicki will turn around on the racetrack, and he is going to do a lap in the wrong direction. He's not backing up, but he is going around the racetrack to turn four, then to turn three, turn two, and turn one the Polish victory lap, as he calls it, emblematic of the 1992
8: NASCAR Winston Cup Championship. A lot of things have been said about what I stand for, my determination and my work ethics and everything like that. But, you know, we're still one of the smaller teams on the NASCAR circuit, and these guys work really hard, and they deserve a lot of the credit. Uh everything that i stand for they stand for also and i wouldn't be here without them joe nimichek a
4: short while ago oh, i was friends with him. uh you know the coolest thing i, I look back at alan kawicki and i think in 1992 uh here's a small guy privateer guy won the championship in the in the old bush series back then and alan Kowicki won the cup series championship and we actually went to i think it was in new york that year the the banquet and they have my picture on the wall here somewhere with them uh up there on stage you know the the two champions in in nascar's uh popular series that year you know it's just he was a great guy i mean he he worked hard uh kind of reminds me of of how i've come up you know being an engineering background um uh, getting in there hands-on, working on your cars, figuring out how to make these things go, uh, just flying by the seat of your pants. And and he was an incredible driver, I can tell you that.
6: By far the dominant car all day. Mark Martin, half a lap from Victory
4: Lane. What Alan
6: had done in NASCAR uh, at the time of
3: his accident was the most significant accomplishment in, in, in my generation, in my, in, in, in my time, bar none. There's nobody, there's nothing that comes close to what he did. And and he will forever be a hero, and a hero of mine.
8: This truly is a dream come true. Uh, I woke up this morning and I asked myself, how did this happen, how did I get here? I'm about to be crowned the Winston Cup champion, and you know, all the interviews that you go through after winning something like this make you reflect back on all the things you had to do to get to this point and. You really sort of reflect back on your whole life, and it brings back a lot of memories. And Six years ago, I was just a little guy with a dream that moved down south with a, a pickup truck and a trailer. After running a few NASCAR races and dreaming about it for 10 years, I thought, well, maybe I was ready to take a stab at it, and uh, I sold my short, tra- short track equipment, some of which you saw. There pictures from ASA competition. I gave a notice on my apartment, uh, closed the checking account, took everything I had, and really had to leave my whole life behind to move down south. Dale Jarrett is going to win!
9: Alan
6: was someone that was a, a friend uh, that, you know, had raced against him uh, on short tracks around the country and uh, just admired him for what he did in moving uh, south and and start having his own race team and, and then making that into a championship team, just incredible.
9: The motorsports world lost a family member late Thursday night when Alan Kulwicki was killed in an airplane accident en route to today's race in Bristol Tennessee
6: you know when we got to the hotel we got the word and so it was terrible and I felt like I really was on a mission you know that that morning watching Alan's truck and trailer pull out of the racetrack and live on television and people uh, you know really upset about it and I was upset about it because him and I grew up together racing on the short track he was a personal friend of mine I would actually pick him up and drive him to some of the racetracks you know I remember one day he called me up and said, Hey, um, uh- how about I just ride up the, the Wilkesboro with you? I said, sure, man, I'll pick you up. And we'd, we'd talk race cars all the way up there. Pull even
9: as Rusty Wallace sails up into turn number three. It's his fourth career win at Bristol Raceway in
6: Tennessee. It's a big deal, but it's a bigger deal to win this race for my buddy Allen. And uh, we do the reverse victory lane shuffle like he always done. It was so wonderful doing, you know. Uh, we miss him real bad. I want to dedicate this race to him and his crew and his whole entire family and his close friends because uh, it was a... Uh, I don't want uh, my good run to overshadow what happened to him. So when I got on the track and ran that race, it was like uh, he was alongside me. And man, I tell you, my car just handled perfect. And I kicked her butt that day and I won that race and went to victory lane. And I remember the first thing that came across my mind when I won that race, I said, I'm going to do what Alan did. And I spun the car around and I did the reverse Polish victory lap.
9: Moments ago, Rusty Wallace completing a Polish victory lap as he went around this racetrack backwards to honor Alan Kulwicki.
6: From that day forward, every single win I ever accumulated in my NASCAR career, I did the Polish victory lap where I drove around the racetrack backwards. And it was pretty cool because I would drop the window net and I would look out the driver's window and I was able to look up at the race fans and wave at them. And they're taking all the pictures. And it put me really close to the fans, which I thought was really cool. And um, it was all for Alan and he's the one that started it and and then ended, ended up working out pretty good.
5: You can hear much more about that weekend at Bristol in our podcast series The 1993 season, 25 years later on MRN.com. You'll hear some amazing stories from the NASCAR superstars of that day. Coming up next, MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistone will join us. We'll break down some storylines in the sport. And later, Kyle Petty will join us. And we'll check in with him about the Kyle Petty charity ride across America.
0: Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic... Who's the greatest of all time? For my money, it's Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle. It literally saves you money. Gentlemen, your thoughts.
3: Look, it I've said it before and I'll say it again. Add add up all the heroes, show take away the, the
0: zeros. And what you got? You One big trophy of me Don't saying, I told you.
5: you
1: so. I disagree.
0: Thanks, fellas. Took the words right out of my mouth.
1: There's really no debate. Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle is a winning combination. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states of situations.
7: The Country 500 Music Festival is back. Daytona International Speedway How do you like me with Toby Keith, Chris Stapleton, Dirks Bentley, Sugar Land, like Billy Currington, and so much more. Country 500 Memorial Day weekend, May 25th, 26th, and 27th. For tickets and information, visit country500.com. Sponsored in part by Budweiser.
5: MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistoni is up next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
7: This is
5: NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We continue with Kyle Petty coming up. Also, Mike Bugarevich on the way as well. But first, we check in with MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistoni, who joins us from his home outside of the greater Chicago area. Petey, how are you? I'm doing
2: well, Mike. Good to be with you. And uh, well, we had a nice Easter break, but we're ready to get back at it this weekend at Texas Motor Speedway.
5: Indeed, we are. Six races in the books, six races to evaluate some performance. And I noticed that power rankings made their way onto mrn.com earlier today. And this week, you power ranked the teams. Can you explain this exercise as opposed to what you normally do when you break down the drivers?
2: Yeah, we do the driver power rankings pretty much every week of the regular season in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, but obviously because we had our first of three off weekends, we decided to revisit our team power rankings. We did this back at Daytona with some preseason rankings of teams, so after six races, we looked at the organizations in the garage area, and I'll be completely frank with you, Mike, I was completely surprised by the team that leapt from number six in the preseason to number one after six races, and that, of course, is... Stewart House Racing on the strength of four wins in the first six races of the season. I don't think even the most optimistic Stewart House Racing employee would have thought they were going to do as well as they have. So certainly with the uh, three wins by Kevin Harvick and the one by Clint Foyer, they are the number one team in the garage area right now in terms of the power ranking.
5: And that's great news for them, but I think they've left a lot of folks scratching their heads about what in the world is going on because, folks, if you remember back in the preseason, A lot of the conversation was we expect Toyota to continue its dominance. We expect Martin Truex Jr. to continue his tear through victory lanes all across the country. Everybody anticipated the Chevy Camaro ZL1 to set itself apart and really take them to the woodshed. And Ford, being in the last year of its make and model with the Fusion, stood to be the third manufacturer in line. But, Pete, that's exactly opposite of what we thought going into Daytona.
2: Well, that's exactly right. And I think Kevin Harvick has been very upfront about the fact that he really never felt that Ford was going to be as far behind Toyota and Chevrolet as maybe some of his Ford counterpoints, counterparts, I should say. Certainly at Team Penske, Brad Keselowski's comments and such. I think what this points to, Mike, for me is last year, Stewart House Racing went through the change from Chevrolet to Ford in 2017, and it was a, it was a struggle for them. Yeah, they were successful to a degree, but not anywhere near as successful as they were the year before when they were several late teams. Certainly not as successful a couple of years prior to when Kevin Harvick won the championship. With a year under their belt, I think you're seeing the fruits of that labor, that hard work over the offseason, and they have come out really and truly better than any organization in the garage area, let alone in the Ford camp.
5: Now, we obviously have stewart Haas Racing atop these team power rankings. Who are some of the other standouts here six races in for you?
2: Well, for me, I think you got to look at Joe Gibbs Racing, but quite honestly, I think you got to look at Joe Gibbs Racing on the shoulders of Kyle Busch. When Kyle Busch has finished second now, three times in the first six races of the season. Nine other drivers have done that in NASCAR history. That's not a group of people that Kyle Busch wants to be part of because he hates finishing second. But Kyle has been very good, very strong, very close to winning. I have no doubt he'll win soon. His teammates there, Denny Allen, very consistent, lots of top five finishes. I couldn't say for sure that he's been in the mix of trying to get to victory lane, but still near the front of the field. And then you've had a little bit of an up and down from the, the younger drivers there, the two sophomores and Eric Jones and Daniel Suarez. So I think Joe Gibbs Racing is certainly near the top of the list. But Front of racing, which is down to the one car now with Martin Truex Jr., to me, that was our preseason team number one in our power rankings. They're number two right now. And really, the performance hasn't slipped much from last year. Turek Jr. has won a race at Auto Club Speedway. He's been in the top five, five times now in the first six races. They might be down a car there, Mike, because of Eric Jones going to uh, going inside the Jokins Racing. They're not down in performance, as far as I'm concerned. I would not count out by any means Martin Turek Jr. in this year's championship picture.
5: Chatting with Pete Pistoni, senior writer for MRN.com. Team power rankings are up on the website at MRN.com. And Pete, you know, we're talking about the successes and some early season successes of some of the race teams, and that actually carries over to a dotted line to another thing that you wrote about early season takeaways. What are what are some of your takeaways for the first half dozen races of the year?
2: Well, I think we could double back with some of our power rankings talk on this discussion. Certainly, one of my early season takeaways has to be Stuart Haas Racing and what they've done, but I think the bigger picture there is not just Stuart Haas Racing, but the six races we've had this year, with the exception of the last lap dramatic pass of, Austin Dillon Eric Amarola, we've seen dominating performances. Harvick has won three of his races this year, two of those three in dominating fashion. Martin George Jr., when he won at Auto Club Speedway, led 125 laps that day. And two weeks ago, when Clint Boyer won at Martinsville, 215 laps led at the front of the field. We're seeing some good racing, but we're also seeing some dominant performances. The other side of that equation, though, are the teams that are struggling and the drivers that are struggling. And certainly you got to talk about Hendrick Motorsports and Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott not getting to where I think a lot of folks thought they would be. The two young drivers there, Alex Bowman and William Byron, sort of finding their way as well. I think that team is probably one that maybe needed this break that we had for Easter weekend so they can regroup and see what they can do during this 10-race stretch. We'll take it up at Texas this week before we break again on Father's Day weekend.
5: Yeah, those 10 races coming up, Texas, Bristol, Richmond, Talladega, Dover, kansas the all-star race at charlotte the coca-cola 600 at charlotte motor speedway pocono and michigan before our next off weekend of the cup series which comes along on father's day weekend what can we expect this week uh, and leading into the o'reilly auto parts 500 at texas motor speedway as far as mrn.com is concerned
2: well we'll have a preview of the race weekend up on thursday morning give everybody a little insight of who's done well at Texas in the past, and what to look for this weekend. Our fantasy racing preview, Jeff Wackerman's got that all together, so if you're a fantasy racing player, lots of good statistics and data inside of those numbers there to help you put together your fantasy roster. And then, of course, we'll have qualifying coverage for you on Friday night, the Xfinity Series race on Saturday, and then Sunday, the recap of the race. I'll give you a little bit of analysis with my rear view mirror column, and uh, we'll see how things happen down here in the first of two weekends in the Lone Star State.
5: And of course, our friends at the Performance Racing Network will have the on air coverage. We will have you covered in the online presence. Again, MRN.com. Pete, always a pleasure.
2: Take care, Mike. Good to talk
5: to you. Thanks a lot. That's Pete Pistoni, senior writer, MRN.com. Kyle Petty joins us next, and later, Clint Boyer's crew chief, Mike Bugoravich, will be here to preview the O'Reilly Auto Parts 500 at Texas this weekend.
1: In order to maximize a vehicle's performance and efficiency, the proper adjustments need to be made based on the road ahead. That's true for both race car drivers on the track and for truck drivers hauling freight on the highway. But if your truck's equipped with a Detroit DT-12 automated manual transmission with intelligent powertrain management, adjustments are made automatically based on GPS terrain mapping, maximizing performance and efficiency. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at DemandDetroit.com.
5: We'll hear from Kyle Petty next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Coming up, we'll talk with Mike Bugaravich, crew chief for Clint Boyer, Stewart House Racing. Also, Kim Kuhn's Social Media Minute on the way as well. First, we welcome in the legendary Kyle Petty back to NASCAR Live. Kyle, how are you? Doing great, man. How about you guys? Doing fantastic. I can't wait to get back on the racetrack this weekend. Finally have some cars back on the track after after an Easter weekend. Before we get too deep into the conversation, I wanted to pick your brain about your thoughts about what you've seen so far in 2018.
10: Man, I don't know what I've seen so far in 2018. Uh, to, be, to be totally honest, I think, you know, I, I, I did not expect the Ford camp to be as strong as they are. Uh, and then Kevin Harvick comes out right out of the bat. The Ford's I expected them to be strong at Daytona when we got to Atlanta, when we got to Vegas, when we got to Phoenix, when we got to California. No, did not expect them to be as strong as they were. I expected the Toyotas to be strong, and we've seen it with Kyle Busch, but he's just always every week there's one guy a little bit better. I didn't expect the Hendrick organization not to have been really a factor yet When I when I look at that. I didn't expect... Clem Boyer to win a race this early in the season. I mean, there's so many things that are unexpected that I don't really know when I look at these first five or six races where this season is going because there are so many things that I never dreamed. Uh, If you had said sit down and write down four or five things that are going to happen, nothing that I would have written down would have happened so far this year.
5: And that's been the case here. A lot of the things that we expected to, to punctuate the opening part of the season just have not come into play. I don't think anyone saw Ford having won four of the first six races, the Stewart House racing team basically becoming the number one team over Furniture Row and, and Toyota. You know, a lot of folks say that that the Fords are not necessarily taking advantage of the situation, but the new process of inspecting the cars has been beneficial for them. The the OSS, the optical scanning station. Do you buy into that? And if so, how can this happen?
10: okay here's here's what i buy into i buy into that the ford last year was the weakest link if we look at chevys and if we look at at the toyotas the ford was the weakest link whether and and i'm going to throw the splitter into that piece of a and uh, the, the equation from inspection and the splitter as a piece i think when you took and you started running them through this inspection process the ford was already so bad that tightening up the, the tolerances did not hurt the Ford because it was already a bad car. Changing that splitter and changing the balance didn't upset the Ford because it was already unbalanced. Uh, and those guys had a year on their, under their belt fighting a car that was not balanced. So it's almost one of those, one of those things, um, and I hate to use this terminology, but you dumb the sport back down to where the Ford was. Um, the Ford was the weaker car, and you brought the Chevys and the Toyotas back to where the Ford was. And the Ford, again, those guys having the dominance, or excuse me, are having a year under their belt working with that. Just the rule changes did not hurt the weak link as bad as they hurt the strong link, uh, which was the Toyota. And they've taken the, it's taken a few races for the Toyota to find their balance. Chevy has a new car. They've only got five or six races under their belt with this car, so you got to expect some growing pains there. So if you say, are they taking advantage of it? Yeah, they're taking advantage of the disadvantage that they had all last year. So you got to give them props for that.
5: Interesting take there from Kyle Petty of NBC Sports and also the Kyle Petty of the Kyle Petty Charity Ride Across America. We're getting close to that time of year, Kyle. It's going to kick off the 24th renewal of the charity ride. Where is the ride happening this year?
10: wow here's what we did last year we left portland oregon and went to milwaukee wisconsin and it was a great ride so this year we thought we would confuse all of our riders and all the media and we would leave portland maine um so <laughs> two years in a row we've left portland one oregon one maine so we're leaving portland maine uh and this year is going to be a cool ride we're doing it a little bit different traffic and the road system and and uh especially it just takes time on the east coast to go anywhere we're When you're in Montana or Wyoming or or Utah, man, you can make some time. You you know, you just run out through the desert. You're making time. There's nobody out there hardly. So what we're doing, we're going to leave Portland. We're going over to New Hampshire. Uh, We're having a lunch at the Speedway there, which is really nice for the people at the Speedway. Then we're going to Albany for the first night. Then we're leaving Albany. We're going down to Woodstock to where the the concert was. So we're spending – we're having lunch there, and then we're going over to Pocono to – to the Mount Airy Casino there. I'm going to spend the night there and then going to the Speedway the next day, Pocono Speedway, and having breakfast. We're leaving there, going to Nazareth, Pennsylvania, to the Guitar Factory. Uh, We're leaving there, going to Lancaster, spend the night. Uh, Then we're going down to York and tour the Harley Factory and going down to the Shenandoah National Park and spending the night at the Homestead in Hot Springs, Virginia. And then we're going down to my dad's museum and down to Victory Junction, to the camp. So it's we're stopping, we're spending some time in some areas. We're kind of calling this our Americana Tour. Two stock car tracks, two music venues, being Woodstock and Martin Guitar, the Richard Petty Museum, Camp, and National Park. Man, we're doing it all this year. So it's a, it's a little bit different ride, but we're excited to be back on the East Coast.
5: Man, that is fantastic. How many folks sign up to be a part of this?
10: You know what? There's about 120 or 30 bikes About uh, with the two up riders on some of them, about 150, 60 riders, maybe 70. Uh, people that actually ride the motorcycles. Then we have another 40 or 50 people that are support crew. We have a full we have a doctor that goes with us and a couple of nurses, uh, an orthopedic surgeon that goes with us in case there's an accident, in case something happens. We've got our own medical staff right there. A couple of our riders are paramedics that we take with us, and we keep the the medical uh, equipment with us so that we're right there in case anything happens, even if we we call someone in. But uh, we have a luggage team, we have a hotel team, we have a marketing team. It's like a cup team. You've got to travel with all the auxiliary people just to get to, to run a race car anymore. So it's the same kind of thing. There's about 220 of us total.
5: And you're even doing the ride in stages, but you're just spreading it out over seven days. Yeah,
10: exactly. <laughs> That's a great way to say it. Yes, yeah, perfect.
5: <laughs> now, for those that may not know, who capitalizes from, from the charity ride?
10: Uh, the Victory Junction Camp. And, that, and that, to me, that is why... In, in a strange way, this year's ride is a special ride. We're we're going to New Hampshire, uh, where Adam's accident happened, uh, and we're ended at the camp where, because uh, of uh, how that changed my life and how that changed so much, hopefully we change other other people's lives. Hopefully we change kids' lives at camp. Uh, so we're tying this in full circle from from basically where the idea started to to the fruition of the idea, where how it is now. So. Uh, Victory Junction has been the beneficiary of, of all the money that we raise on, uh, from the charity rides, from the Cowpatty charity rides. Since since Adam's accident in 2000, we started building camp in 2004. But all the money that we raised those first two or three years, um, in 2001, two and three, all came back to camp. So it's a special ride that sends kids to camp. We get to see a lot of kids that go to camp along the way. So it's kind of cool to, to reach out and bring bring these riders back to camp again.
5: Where can folks find out more information or to participate?
10: Uh You can go to VictoryJunction.org uh, and find out about camp and the ride, or go to KP Charity Ride on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the social media stuff, and it'll tell you where we're going to be. And listen, when we come through your area, we're going to stop at some gas stops in, in New Hampshire, in Vermont, in New York. Uh, they'll be listed on our, our website, and on our Facebook page, and we ask fans to come out and My father's on the ride, Herschel McGriff, Harry Gant, Ricky Craven's going with us this year, David Reagan's going with us this year, Donnie Allison's with us again this year, and then Herschel Walker, Heisman Trophy winner. So if you want to come out and talk football or talk racing, come out and see some of these guys.
5: Man, that's so exciting. Can't wait for it to happen again. It begins May 5th, ends May 11th, and com your destination to find out more. Kyle, before we let you go, earlier in the show, we ran a highlight piece Um, about Alan Kowicki. We lost Alan 25 years ago. You raced with him back then. What is is your takeaway of what he left this sport with?
10: That's a good question and a hard question to answer. I think the one thing that I always take from Alan is that with passion, with desire, with single focus, with heart, you can come from anywhere and do this. Uh, And I, I still believe that's possible in a lot of ways. Um, I think Ryan Priest is a great example uh, of that Alan Kowicki mentality to just never give up. You just keep going. You just keep hammering. You just keep knocking on doors, and something happens for you. And and I think that's the biggest thing. I think, you know, and and I'll say this, and this is going to be terribly unpopular with a large portion of your audience, but to me, Alan Kowicki is the last owner-driver to win a championship. I know we heap that credit and praise on Tony Stewart. Uh, but it's just a different time. You can't compare the two. You can't compare the two. Um, Allen did it with him, all alone, by himself. No partners, no Gene Haas, no multi-million dollars, no multiple cars, no any of this stuff. One guy, five or six guys working on a car in a small shop, went up against Junior Johnson, the Elliotts. Uh, at that time, Felix Sabatis, Hendrick, and those guys, and showed them how to get it done. Showed them how to get it done. Showed them how to win a championship and did it. On probably a third of the budget that those guys were doing it on, um, and and it's the impossible dream. Uh, and he was the underdog. You know, he was that that guy. So I, I think that's what I always take away from Alan. Alan and I were were good friends. We became good friends uh, those last couple of years. Uh, he spent a lot of time with myself and with Felix, and and he and Felix were good friends. So um, when April rolls around, it's always. Uh, a sad time for me because i know exactly where i was and what i was thinking and what happened when that that accident happened
5: it's uh it's incredible Uh, i remember that day as a very sad day for the sport on the heels of quite the celebration when he won the championship in 1992 kyle we got a scoop appreciate the time appreciate the info on the charity ride as always my friend a pleasure catching up and we'll catch up with you soon and keep yourself out of trouble here (laughs) <laughs>
10: All right, man. We'll try to. You know, there's more lawmen in the Northeast than there is out West, but we'll try to, <laughs> try to stay out of trouble, man. All right.
5: Thanks, Kyle. Still to come Thanks. on NASCAR Live, Mike Booker, Ravage Crew Chief for Clint Boyer. He'll join us. Uh, they're getting ready to head to Texas and try to go two in a row, and later we'll preview this week's MRN Presents, the 1993 season, 25 years later.
7: Grunt style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this will defend. Get yours at gruntstyle.com. Race fans, do you have an old car, motorcycle, boat, or RV just taking up space? Put that vehicle to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Your donated vehicle will help kids in our racing communities live happier, healthier lives. Simply call 844-NASCAR-9 and your vehicle will be towed and auctioned. You get a tax deduction and the NASCAR Foundation gets the proceeds. Again, to donate, please call 844-NASCAR-9.
5: Folks, you want to make your plans to be with us at Daytona International Speedway Memorial Day weekend? It's the Great American Music Fest at Daytona, the Country 500, coming up May 25th through May 27th. Three day weekend passes are available, VIP packages. We're talking camping, parking, travel packages, all available. Toby Keith will be headlining, also, Chris Stapleton, Dirks Bentley, Sugarland, Billy Currington, and others. Be sure to be a part of all the fun Memorial Day weekend at Daytona International Speedway, May 25th through May 27th. Visit country500.com or call 844-500-FESS for tickets, camping, parking, and more. Clint Boyer's crew chief, Mike Bugaravich, is next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. Let's talk to the crew chief that won the STP 500 at Martinsville. Mike Ravage is in the house. Booga, congratulations. Welcome to NASCAR Live.
11: Hey, guys. Yeah, always a pleasure to chat with you.
5: So, green flag flies on uh, the STP 500, and you get into the race. And are you, are you staying the strategy course? Did you have to deviate from anything that... Perhaps maybe you have played that in your mind either either Sunday or Monday morning.
11: You know not too much we we kind of anticipated to start the race a little bit on the free side and, uh, and Clint was going to try to do his best he could to manage it knowing that <clears throat> as the as the race went on the track was going to come to us somewhat Um, We probably were a little bit too far off to start the race, and we had to tighten it up just a little bit to get going. But then, sure, you know, we were pretty confident in the fact that it was going to tighten up, and it did, and the track actually came to us, and we got better and better toward the end of the race, even with making less adjustment.
5: How does a track at Martinsville or a track like Martinsville change we talk about charlotte and texas and all these other tracks that have the reputation but for some perhaps maybe martinsville doesn't have that reputation to them but it sounds like it does why is that and what changes
11: you know i i think martinsville is very temperamental i mean i think i think that's the biggest thing that makes you successful there is you got to have a good notebook. You got to have some kind of good foundation to start with, or just get really lucky that you finally hit on something. But once you hit on something, I think you got to stick close to that because you know, the track does change throughout the weekend. When you get there, it's going to probably have the most grip. It's going to have all weekend. In most cases, um, the car is going to be balanced the best it's going to be. And then if you're, if you're real good on Friday, you're not going to be good on Sunday in most cases. So, um, Having that notebook and knowing what you need and relying on your previous notes to make adjustments to a setup that's already pretty good is probably the key to being better at Martinsville.
5: Let's talk about upcoming races. Next up, trip to Texas Motor Speedway, the, the newly reconfigured and repaved Texas Motor Speedway. How long do you think is it going to take for that track to, to really get seasoned in to where you folks can venture around on the racetrack?
11: Yeah, you know, I think that one's going to be a tough one. I think it's very unique in in just the geometry of the track itself with the two ends being different. Um, it, it's going to be hard for it to widen out. Um, I don't know if it ever will or, or not, but uh, I definitely think it's going to take a long time. I and mean, right now we're running a pretty hard tire there because the speeds are up. There's not a lot of fall off and that kind of thing. Um, but I think it'll be a little different than last year you know each year is going to each winter each you know summer is going to put a little bit more wear on that track and hopefully as it ages maybe it does promote a little bit better racing
5: do you do anything differently now than what you did before it was reconfigured and repaved did that process change anything you put into the race car
11: yeah it became completely different uh setup wise is is drastically changed you know you're looking at a very smooth surface now versus something that was quite bumpy before Um, obviously now with the geometry and the two ends of the track being quite different there you know your your minimum splitter travels and your minimum wheel travels occur at a different location on the racetrack than they used to so kind of your whole setup has changed your whole approach to the track has changed from what it used to be
5: where would you put the Stuart haas racing mile and a half program right now what kind of progress have you guys made there
11: i i think uh as a as a whole as a company really really good i mean obviously kevin's won two intermediate races already this year and um the other three cars have had strong showings you know for for my team in general i think uh especially the smooth fast intermediates have been a little bit of a struggle for for clint and and for us so <clears throat> to show the promise we had at the beginning of the year you know it, atlanta was going to be a good race for us anyway but we were having a pretty good day at Vegas until we got the loose left rear wheel. And um, I, I think that is very promising for coming up into Texas here. You know, Texas was a little bit of a struggle for us uh, in the race, the first race. And then uh, the second race was a was a real struggle for us. So I'm looking forward to going there.
5: Of course, one of the biggest changes in recent memory was the addition of, of stage racing. When you come down pit road, when you, when you map that pitting strategy, is the two-tire option an option for you at Texas?
11: Well, you know, at times people might try and do it. it I think for us a lot of times I think it's uh, we're always better off on four. I think the car is just more well-balanced, um, and, we'll, and we'll probably stick to that plan. Most people usually do at Texas, but there's always that opportunity where – you're really just trying to get some track position because that clean air is going to give you a lot of speed that you don't have sitting back there in 10th or 12th place, you know. Um, the other side of it is taking a gamble. You know, that's one that's one thing that we have in our back pocket now with this win. You know, you had to be conservative before if you were thinking you were going to make the chase by, you know, collecting enough points to make it. Well, now we got to win. So, we're we're pretty much sealed the deal there. So now it gives us an opportunity to experiment a little bit more. It gives us the opportunity to take some risks and strategy, whether it's stretching fuel mileage or maybe doing something such as you said, you know, maybe we're running sixth place or something like that at Texas, and we're going to pull two tires for a five-lap shootout at the end of the race and and try and steal a win.
5: Well, once you get done with Texas, it's off to Bristol, Richmond, You got Talladega coming up, Dover, Kansas, the All-Star Race, the Coca-Cola 600, Pocono in Michigan before you come up for air there on Father's Day weekend. What are the strengths coming up? What what tracks play to the strengths of your race team on the horizon here in the next 10?
11: You know, I think I think Bristol is a good track for Stuart haas Racing. Kevin's always run strong there. We had a really good first race there last year, so we got that one circled on our calendar. Um Clint at Richmond, you know, his record speaks for himself there. He's, he's probably way better at that track than we are right now. Um, but I'm, I'm very hopeful on it. Uh, I think we learned some things at Martinsville that made us better that I think, and, and also Phoenix for that matter, um, that will make our Richmond program better. So I'm excited to go there. Talladega is a good race for us. You know, both Talladega races last year, we had a lot of speed. We had a lot of speed at Daytona this year. Um. even with the new rules package, and Clint's very good at Dover. So Dover was one of our best races last year, so I'm excited about that one as well.
5: Man, you got a lot of fun tracks coming up, and you can really make some, hey, congratulations on winning at Martinsville. You're in the playoffs, my friend. You're going to be in the big dance there in the final 10 for the, uh, for the end of this season.
11: Yeah, very excited about that. Um, you know, this team deserves it. They've been working real hard. You know, we've been together. We get closer and closer every year. And, uh, man, it'll it'll be a lot of
5: fun. Well, we look forward to seeing what you got for them at Texas. And uh, now, question is, do you get a grandfather clock, or is there a way that you can get one like Clint got?
11: One way or another, I'm getting one. (laughs) Even if I got to drive up there and buy one myself.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Mike, appreciate the time. Congratulations again on winning at Martinsville. Thanks. Good luck, guys. Coming up next, Kim Kuhn will have this week's Social Media Minute, and we'll preview. This week's podcast series, MRN Presents, the 1993 season, 25 years later. I'm
3: not blooming good, I'm blooming great. Put a shrimp on the barbie and sizzle my steak. Woo, I want that honey to bloom, let it get it.
4: all about
1: Original programs stream on MRN.com. Check out NASCAR drivers on Motorsports Monday with Woody Kane and Joey Wing Lime. Sprint car racing on Wing Nation with Steve Post and Aaron Everheat yeah. NASCAR team crews on Crew Call with Sammy Joe and Rocco. NASCAR local and regional racing on NASCAR Coast to Coast with Kyle Rickey and Hannah Newhouse. NHRA Talk on the straight line with Marty Huff and Doug Herbert. Your home for original motorsports talk. MRN.com.
5: Kim Kuhn will stop by with a social media minute next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We appreciate you spending time with us on this week's NASCAR Live. Kim Kuhn is with us now for a Social Media Minute. Kim, what's the latest there on the social media front?
12: Well, Mike, even though there wasn't any racing action this past weekend, the action on Twitter and social media was as busy as ever. Everybody taking advantage of the off weekend to get in some little mini vacays. I saw a lot of tropical destinations. A few, Jeff Gordon was in Costa Rica. It looked like Kurt Bush and his wife Ashley were somewhere in the islands. Kyle Bush, his brother, along with his wife Samantha and their son Brex, also took a tropical beach vacation so everybody again taking advantage of the time off before we head full throttle into Texas weekend but I do want to give a quick shout out over the off weekend we did have some nuptials looks like Chris Busher finally married his longtime girlfriend Emma and I actually found out through AJ Allmendinger he tweeted so Chris Busher, you can wheel a race car but gonna have to say you might have even better skills on the dance floor congrats my friend happy Tara and I could be part of the wedding with you and Emma hashtag first dance hashtag teammate now I don't know if there's a video out there somewhere but I gotta see these moves can you imagine a wedding where the dance floor has got AJ Allmendinger and Chris Buescher I'm sure it was a sight to be seen but all the racing action heads to Texas this weekend everything is bigger in Texas and we'll have it all covered for you on social media follow us at MRN Radio use that hashtag #AskMRN.
5: Thanks Kim, if you haven't already, be sure to go to mrn.com and check out our latest podcast series called MRN Presents The 1993 Season 25 Years Later. This week, we're going to hear stories about the second tragedy of that year and Mark Martin starts his run for four in a row. Here's a sample of episode 7. He
4: didn't know where to stand up, sit down. He didn't know what to tell me and it's like Robert, what is up? And he said Davey's in trouble. And I knew Davy periodically would say something to people or say something to the press that would kind of get himself in hot water. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, what has he said? What has he done now? And Robert said, no, he's crashed that helicopter. I begged him not to get that damn helicopter. I begged him not to. He was a great pilot, you know, uh, of aircraft, but I'm flying a helicopter was different kettle of fish. Dale
9: Earnhardt for the second time in his career winning at Pocono.
11: Well, we didn't know whether we'd win or not, but uh, we came around and uh, pulled to the line and said a prayer for Davey and Davey's family and Liz and all the kids. And, you know, it's been a tough year losing uh, good friends and uh, good racers like that. Jimmy Horton's car
9: was also involved, and Horton's car, I believe, is the one that left the track altogether. Indeed, it is.
6: Yes, I remember Jimmy Horton going in, the. I think it was between turn one and two, I believe, and to go over outside the racetrack, I mean, that was like a doggone Days of Thunder thing or some type of stunt they would do in Hollywood.
9: Just put on his helmet, Mark Martin. Uh, it's been this week, Bush Pole winner's been Mark Martin and then the rest,
6: 119.118 miles per hour. Mark a sensational lap. It was ridiculously fast. And yeah, it was very euphoric. Kyle loses it in turn two. The Bella Yellow Pontiac spins completely around. He collects Earnhardt in turn number three.
5: Yeah, Rick, it was party man. I was like, well, that was a good one. That's all from Episode 7 of MRN Presents, the 1993 season 25 years later. You can download it as well as all of the other shows at MRN.com for free, and you can also get that podcast on iTunes. Coming up next, we'll look back on This Week in NASCAR History, and we'll preview Texas with Jimmy Johnson and others. This
1: tax season, AutoZone has everything your car needs. And now those parts and supplies come with more savings
2: when you sign up for the AutoZone Rewards Program. You'll earn a $20 reward every time you spend $20 or more five times in one year. One more way to get more done. Protect your engine from wear while protecting your wallet with great deals on oil change supplies from AutoZone. Visit any of our 5,000 locations nationwide and let's get you what you need. Learn more about AutoZone Rewards at AutoZone.com rewards. Restrictions and details in store. Get
9: in
0: the zone, AutoZone. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, game changers. Makes me think of Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Finally, a simple, efficient way to quote home insurance. Let's go to Colin, who will now try to say something.
5: Okay, first of all, are you kidding? Never in my life. Okay, when you see stuff like this, look, I'm not the only one who thinks this, although everybody says I am.
0: Well said, Colin. Well well said.
1: Get right to the point with Home Quote Explorer. It's a game changer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
5: Getting ready to head for the exits for this week's NASCAR Live. We appreciate you spending time with us. Coming up, we're going to preview this weekend's O'Reilly Auto Parts 500 at Texas. But first, let's turn back the clock again on this week in NASCAR history. We begin in 1967. The Turtles have the number one song in America with Happy Happy Together. NBA legend Wilt Chamberlain set an NBA record of 41 rebounds and NASCAR was racing at Atlanta International Raceway. Out of the 44 cars entered, only 16 were running at the end and it was Cale Yarborough winning the Atlanta 500 by more than a lap. Next stop is 1989. Millie Vanilli is on the radio with Girl You Know Is True. Comedian Mike Myers joined the cast of Saturday Night Live. At the movie's *Major League*, starring Tom Berenger, was released, and NASCAR was at Darlington Raceway. Harry Gant survived a late race restart to win the Trans South 500. It was his first win in over three years.
6: Girl, you know. Gann is all in the clear. The battle is for second. Davey Allison goes underneath with Jeff Bodine on the back straightaway. Davey Allison will take over second. Here comes Harry Gan now into turn number four on his Harry, way to the finish. Harry Gan is on his way to winning here at Darlington. He comes out of turn number four. He'll take the checkered flag.
5: And we end this week in 2006. Kenny Chesney has the number one country song with Living in Fast Forward. The 68th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship ended with Florida beating UCLA 73-57. NASCAR was at Martinsville. Tony Stewart held off Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson to win the DirecTV
4: 500. Basketball.
7: Final time off turn number two. Tony Stewart just has to keep it on the rails, and he's going home a winner. In a turn number three for the final time, Tony Stewart looking for victory lane.
4: Defending Nextel Cup Series champion comes to Martinsville Speedway in Virginia to score his first win of 2006, taking the Direct TV 500.
5: And those are just some of the events of this week in NASCAR history. This weekend, the Cup Series is off to Texas Motor Speedway for a preview. Here's Susie Armstrong.
0: Thank you, Mike. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series teams get back to business this week as they make the trek to the Lone Star State for the O'Reilly Auto Parts 500 at Texas Motor Speedway. For Brad Kozlowski, the 1.5-mile quad oval's fresh asphalt and seasonal wear set up an unknown variable as he seeks his first victory in Texas.
6: It'll be interesting to see how the track has aged over the winter, whether the uh, second groove will, will come in. I thought last year that the track did a phenomenal job of uh, kind of doing their homework, prep work on the track to where we could run the second groove in both the spring and fall races, uh, which not a lot of tracks do. So I thought they deserved a a lot of credit for that. And we actually had one of the better repave races I think we've ever had.
0: Two-time Texas winner Denny Hamlin hopes to build on the momentum from a third-place finish last fall to nab his first victory of 2018.
11: We had a very good run there uh in the in the playoff race last year we had a a really bad race there in the spring of last year uh so i feel like uh, we really made gains on it and hopefully we're just as competitive this time around
0: seven times a victor on the fort worth oval jimmy johnson could certainly use another notch in his texas belt to help rise up from the early season slump
4: definitely feel like we're moving forward um, the way the car drove in California, um, in traffic, out of traffic, the balance between the two situations was really good for us. It was able to pass a lot of cars. Um, certainly need more speed, but we're, uh, we're, we're developing our product each and every week. So um, you know, last year, the spring race in Texas was really good to us, and um, we obviously have high hopes going back there as well.
0: The O'Reilly Auto Parts 500 takes the green this Sunday afternoon at Texas Motor Speedway just after 2 p.m. Eastern. For this week's NASCAR live race preview, I'm Susie Armstrong.
5: Thank you, Susie. And again, our friends at the Performance Racing Network will have the on air play by play for you. You can catch all of the news related to that weekend and every weekend at mrn.com. We'd like to thank Kyle Petty for joining us this week. Also, Mike Bugarabich, who's Clint Boyer's crew chief and MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistoni for joining us. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. And we'll talk to you next week right here on NASCAR Live. So
1: long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. And was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Rich Colbert. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.